guys, and welcome to another episode of Metal Mastermind. Your co-founder, co-host, Jason Stallworth, and co-founder, co-host, the great Ken Candelas, man. What's up, dude? I'm good, man. Uh, we are here. We are gathered here today to we give have, our man. thanks. <laughs> <laughs> now, real quick before we get started, I know the audience can't see this, but I, I'm, I'm looking at your background. By the way, guys, we record this virtually. I'm I'm in the Tampa, Florida area, Sefner to be exact. Ken, you're in uh, Queens, New York. You're right. in, in New York City there. So, um, you know, you can see my guitar singing on the wall. And you, you've got such a cool background, dude. This this big Thank box you, over there. What is that? Is <laughs> it, are those preamps? Like, what is that, man? Yeah, those are the old these school. Are pre- yeah, preamps, valve tubes. <laughs> oh man, we talked about that. I think on an episode or two ago, uh, yep. we we're talking about you know uh, virtual stuff, plugins, and, and and software versus hardware, all that stuff. Uh, make sure you check that podcast out because that was really interesting. But guys, we have a really cool topic today. I always say that. I mean, they're all cool topics. They're they're here to hopefully drive us forward in our music, our careers, and really in in daily life. But Ken and I were talking earlier about about measuring your life's results and figuring out what's working in your life and in your music, right? In writing and practicing what's working versus the things that aren't working, the things that you may be doing that aren't serving you, doubling down on the things that are working and maybe ditching the stuff that's not working so well. So can we... We had a great discussion earlier that probably could have been this podcast, so we're going to revisit that, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of one of those things where it's a universal concept, I think. Um, it relates to so many things. And, you know, here, particularly with music, I think we get so uh, caught up with the immediate gratification of certain things with sound or, you know, musical ideas, or I got this idea, let's do this. and that in moderation is good but too much of that is just chaos and sometimes we just we don't rein ourselves in enough to be able to formulate an idea and see it through to the end (laughs) you know what i mean that makes sense dude this is something i i feel like is very very universal in in more things than just music you know, it's funny in, in my corporate job, you go, you guys know, I, I dropped the whole corporate life about a little over three years ago to uh, be a full-time guitar player. I'm going to, I'm going to quit my responsible corporate job and, and play guitar, <laughs> but hey, it's working out so far, you know, and think, thanks to Ken here, you know, we've, we've talked about that in other uh, podcasts, but one of the things that, uh, that I experienced in corporate America and at most jobs, and most of you probably experience this, you can raise your hand if you've experienced this, but how many times have you had your boss or, or what's coming down the pipe, right, uh, that you're supposed to do that just seems like busy work? It's like you can, you can like dream up. So, you know, Ken's raising his hand. I've been there. Everybody's <laughs> raising their hand, you know, you can, you can dream up so much busy work to make you you feel like you're busy and, and you're doing something, but how many times have you done that job, you know, all this busy work? And at the end of the day, you're like, what did I actually do? <laughs> I would walk away so many times, like what did I actually accomplish today? And I'm not picking on corporate America. I, I actually, actually I'm, I'm thankful for the time. I got to meet people from all over the world. I don't want to say the corporation's name. Some of you know, but I worked for a very large company and, you know, I was, I was high middle. I'm not going to pretend I was somebody I wasn't, but I, I was, I had a prestigious title, you know, somewhat, but I got to meet people from India from, I had, had a team in, in um, 
different countries and uh, just cool, just cool. So I'm very thankful for that. If, if anybody listening did work with me, I'm very thankful that I got to work there. It was a great experience, but in any case, the busy work. Yeah. I think we can create that in our own lives. It's like, okay, well, I need to do this. How many times have you, here's another raise your hand point. How many times have you sat there and you're like, well, I need to work on this, but I also want to do that. Oh, I need to do that over here. And I'm late on this over here. And you sit there for 30 minutes. Like, what do I do? <laughs> We're all raising our hands again. Right. And yeah, I think man. This is, yeah. This is crazy. You had to nail down like what, what I think can, and, and tell me where your, your, your perspective is on this, but you had to nail down what's the most effective thing. What's the most important thing that you really need to get done? Like right now. Uh, I tell my students um, it's really important to value your time. Um, there is so much that demands of us that I also tell students uh, you have to be willing to say no to mm. <laughs> you have to, yes. you have to understand that. Cause this is, let me just put it into this perspective. Uh, a lot of my students are, are uh, aspiring audio engineers and musicians. So a lot of them, they're going into the internship field and, you know, they're trying to get some experience and all this kind of stuff. And I just tell them because they, they always ask me, you know, how do I know when it's like when I'm like ready to, to, to be with the big leagues? And it's like, well, you know, you mean it may not feel very obvious to you because when you're working in this industry and you're in your you know, freelancing, you're trying to get the next gig. It's always about when's the next gig because there's no guarantee that you'll have a gig. So you're always on the edge of your seat, <laughs> kind of like, am I going to eat this month? <laughs> or mm -hmm. if I got so much down the line, it's like, oh my God, it's too much work because when it rains, it pours. And you have to be able to also have the uh, resistance to spending all that money at one go you know you, you, restraint is important in the freelance field so i tell them i said you know when you're when you're in this industry in the beginning you're going to say yes to everything because you want the experience you want to get in there you want to be in front of uh you know your peers showing that you're doing professional work you want to you know get better clients all this stuff and so as you're doing that, you may not realize that you're constantly building your reputation with all the people that you've met and all the, the interactions that you've created and all the work that you've done. And you may still feel like you're some sort of a phony even after doing all of that, because it never does happen in a moment to you where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm a professional. You know, it's like it happens over time. It's a slow process that doesn't blurt out its name to you. It's something you have to be confident in. You know, that's the thing about this industry and the thing about being a musician in general. It's it's never like, oh, yeah, you know, it's not it's not going to be as easy as, OK, yeah, I, I I'm an amateur right now, so I'm playing and then. You know, tomorrow I got a I got a tour with Megadeth. I'm a pro now. You know, it's like <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> You're going to slowly probably work your way up to a point in this music industry to get to that point, even if you're lucky to play with someone as big as Megadeth. So it's like you got to really take it as it comes. 
you have to be open to the idea that you actually do know what you're doing <laughs> and respect yourself for that and knowing your worth and knowing and valuing your time and where you allocate that time. Because when you get to a certain point in this, you have to say, uh, okay, out of all the gigs that I'm being offered or all the work that I'm trying to get, which one do I really want to further my goals, right? Whether that's you choosing to be able to work at a premier studio because that's going to give you access to high quality equipment so that you can record your next record, <laughs> which is great, by the way. Having an internship at a studio is a fantastic way to get an in at a studio. Or, you know, you're trying to really nail down your skill set. So you're working all these gigs, you're playing all these gigs. And Jason, like, I know you play a lot of acoustic gigs. So it's like, are all of those, maybe you're rehearsing with a band, are all these efforts that you're doing with these artists, is that, you know, helping you grow? Are you in a room where you can learn? Or are you the best person in the room? Because if you are, you need to start looking elsewhere. <laughs> it's a good point. Well, I mean, my acoustic gigs, I'm a solo act. It's just myself up there. Um, so, but, you know, to that point, though, Ken, you know, talking about like what's serving you, what's working for you versus what's not. The acoustic shows I do, you know, two to three a week. I think I've only got two gigs this week. I'm hosting open mic tomorrow night in Tampa at Bootleggers Brewing. Uh, of course, the podcast will have been out, but I'm I'm starting to host open mic uh, once a month at, at this brewery. And that's something that doesn't render a huge financial reward. It's very minute, but it's at the same time, I enjoy it. You know what I mean? I almost enjoy that sometimes just getting to go there and, and letting other people I'll perform a little bit too, right? Uh, it's a little bit different from the live acoustic solo gigs, which again, I do two or three of those a week. Uh, but, you know, going back to managing time, that has taken time away from things like my own album. You know, Ken, you and I, we we put a lot of time and effort into Metal Mastermind. And this is a, this is a full-blown, it's not incorporated. We are an LLC, right? We're a yep. limited liability uh, corporation, but we're not like an S-Corp or C-Corp. But we are running a legit business. And there's a lot to what we do. We were just talking about this earlier and that's what sparked this conversation. Ken and I were going over some things like let's, let's talk about and analyze the things that are working for metal mastermind, the things that we're doing that are working. Uh, and let's maybe go over some things that we are doing, but those aren't rendering results. So I've got to look at my acoustic live schedule. You know, yeah, I'm getting paid for that. It's great. I started doing it to make some extra money again, because I'm, I'm a independent musician now. This is all I do, you know, uh, my albums, YouTube, Metal Mastermind, my courses and such. But, you know, it, it was taken away. It's been taken away time from other things that I want to do. You know, uh, right. of course, there's the, the benefit of being on stage, too. It's a lot easier to, to get solo gigs than it is to gig with a band you know what i mean and, and oftentimes when you're playing with a band you're having to split the money all these different ways whereas a, a solo performer that's why i encourage people hey man if you're at a point where you're singing and playing start doing solo gigs it's a pretty decent income you know a side income that you'll make from it uh for minimal effort i don't want to say minimal effort that's that's not entirely accurate there's driving set up tear down if you're performing solo everything's on you 
you mess up with the band, you can point at the drummer, right? But uh, you mess up in the solo <laughs> act, well, hey, everybody's going to hear it. So, <laughs> but it is fun. All that said, guys, I'm getting off track here. Um, is that I told my wife that I want to reduce the amount of solo gigs I take next year in 2024 because I want to focus more on my own music, right? Um, and and doing things that are you know going to benefit me in other ways. So yeah, you yeah. have to. You have to you have to make those decisions and uh, what's working for you and where do you want to be, right? And what's not working for you? The solo gigs are working for me, but at the same time, it's taken away time from the other things I really want to pursue. You've uh, you've talked to me about this concept of bandwidth. I think it's a very 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 true thing. I think a lot of people don't really think about that because um, everybody is always mentioning oh more content i got to do this i got to make time for this but you know do you have the bandwidth to 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 take on all of that you know it's a lot of current <laughs> in, you know in electrical I terms <laughs> i got that from the corporate world i was on a conference call and i don't remember the the young lady's name a super nice girl uh i was on a conference call this is years ago and she was a busy girl someone was asking her to do something extra and she's like, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that. And she's like, why not? And she just said, it's a bandwidth thing. <laughs> and I took that. I love it. I'm like, it's a bandwidth thing. And guys, it is everything. Like you said, Ken, you, you know, we've all got the same amount of time. We can probably be doing a lot more. But if you audit your time, like hour by hour, and figure out the things that you're doing that are truly working for you versus the things that are just wasting time, you know, uh, use your time wisely. But also don't overload yourself with a bunch of busy work and just stuff that, you know, where you're just trying to juggle different things and nothing is getting 100%. This is a problem. And you guys can all raise your hand again on this one. How many of you work a job where they want you to do like 10 different things and you just kind of throw your hands up like, well, which one do you want me to do? Like, which one's the most important? Well, all 10 things are important, right? <laughs> and these are some of the frustrations you have at certain jobs. It's like, okay, well... You're trying to do more with less, but you're putting all this stuff on people. And it just, it's not possible to, to be great. Very few people in the world can truly multitask. I've never met one that can do it efficiently. It just, you know, multitasking, I believe is a myth. Doesn't mean you can't do different things, but you have to alloc allocate uh, dedicated focus to certain things at certain times, Right. you know? Absolutely. So yeah, bandwidth, it's important, man. Band, band, it, it is a bandwidth thing. And yeah, those I mean, of you at work, if your boss asks you to do multiple stuff, say, hey, man, I can't do this. It's a bandwidth thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and to each their own, you know, some people have the capacity to do a lot. And, you yeah. know, I look at those people as like the great rivers of, you know, continents. You know, they have like these yeah. giant wide channels that can can absorb so much information and do so much productivity. That's an amazing yeah. individual. Like. In some capacity, we try to emulate those and we are still, you know, working out our own kinks. Um, there are some people who don't have that kind of bandwidth. You know, their their bandwidth is maybe like a little creek, you know, <laughs> in comparison. So and that's that's OK. I think it's knowing where you where you fit in all of this. You know, where do you extract your value from? You know, and where do you contribute value back? Right. Because it's a cycle, you know, you you give and it's returned to you. It's reciprocated. So 
depending on how much you're able to work on right now. And it's not something that's static, right? It's something that is dynamic, grows. It's kind of like, think of going back to the river analogy, rivers, they, you know, they rise, they fall, right? They, they change their amount of capacity, depending on what point they're at in their life or their season or day and night or whatever, right? It's going to change. And so we have to remember that we're very much like water. We're very much like rivers. Now I sound like a monk, but we're going to like Bruce Lee, dude. (laughs) We have, (laughs) we have this, uh, a capacity of with our, within ourselves, within our brains, within, you know, the electrical currents that we execute within our neurons to be able to do certain things. And how long can we sustain those before we burn out? You know, that's the endurance part. And we have to find that balance of how we can, you know, continuously uh, better ourselves. But at the same time, we have to prioritize and be very, very realistic on saying, hey, what can we actually do that's moving the needle forward, as we so like to say often on this show, um, but also not just how do we move the needle forward, but how do we stay healthy and in balance with ourselves and in tune with ourselves and not jeopardize um, ourselves for the sake of what we're trying to accomplish here. Um, you know, you, you can't, it's like, you can't take care of anybody else if you can't take care of yourself sort of thing. That's true. It's so true. I mean, how, how many times have you gone to a doctor for something and they're telling you, you need to stop doing this or start doing this. And you look over at the doctor and they're out of shape. <laughs> it is, it's, and I don't want to go down that road guys, but it's disturbing uh, sometimes, right? You've got to take care of yourself uh, before you can help someone else. You know, you got to make sure you're taken care of, uh, you know, and, and the other thing that I think this is why talking about allocating time and bandwidth, this is why so many of us never do that thing that we really want to do with our life. We never really get that thing, right? We, because we're just too busy. And we say, well, if we, if we only had like three months off, I could just do, I could just get that album out there. I could put this single out there. I could start a band or whatever. And the truth is, is you really have to do an audit of your life. I go back to this, you know, I've, um, I've, I've been auditing my own time a little bit more carefully lately because I'm like, it seems like I don't have enough time. I'm like, what did I do yesterday? I sat in my studio and, and I, uh, and I jammed a lot, man. I've been, I played the crap out of my guitar yesterday. So that's not really wasted time, but I'm supposed to be writing lyrics, finishing up the lyrics for my album. Ken, you and I both are, are hopefully getting our albums out there sooner than later or we've both been working hard on them uh but it's like certain things need to be done right now whereas other things can wait like you talked about the water the oceans there are seasons where they rise and fall and and, and water's allocated to certain places probably as it's needed during that time so what season are you in in life right now are you in a season to where you know what i'm going to write an album so let me dedicate 30 minutes a day, get rid of something else that I'm doing that's not serving me, right? And replace that with writing for that album or getting, you know, getting the beginning phases started, the the process and such. So I think I think you really just have to to figure out what's most important to you and realize you can't do everything all the time. Yeah, and uh, that's why when it comes to being an indie musician. Uh, you and I very much know that it's it's a 10-year journey before really anything happens because you are building your uh, music, your, your catalog, you're building your brand, you're building your marketing skills, 
you're building your social media engagement, you're building all this stuff, right? <laughs> so <laughs> nowadays, it's, it's, it's very, very tough because you have to be that person that has to take the reins and you have to take control. And you have to just do it. Um, and so where you are in your process uh, should not be uh, a way for you to also criticize what you're not doing. I think it's very important that you recognize, like you were saying, what season you're in. So if you're in a process right now, see it till the end. Right. Don't just say, OK, you know, I'm songwriting by, right now, but, you know, I need to be marketing at the same time. No, you don't. You maybe you just need to focus on making that song really good <laughs> and then, yep. you know, putting marketing more on the back burner. You know, if you want to do like the, you know, the automated systems and, you know, having an email funnel with, you know, email addresses always coming in, you know, fine, if you can allocate to that. But it's one of those things where you have to really think about, hey, look, I'm trying to do something here. What's the end goal? What do I really need to make this happen? And you got to kind of reverse engineer what that is going to look like. And what are all the steps that you need to do? Honestly, this is something I recently did with my own project where I created an artist analysis presentation where I was like as if I was going to present it to an investor. And I actually got so much out of that just doing that exercise it brought a lot of clarity to what i think i needed to do with my project so i honestly really highly recommend like essentially going through a business plan for your music because like if that. you do like that, that it puts it out like a map on the table and it says here's what i'm good at here's what i'm bad at because you got to do strength weaknesses opportunities and threats analysis, SWOT yeah, analysis, analysis. Yep. right? So these types of things, they, they, uh, they're supposed to reveal uh, all the goods, the bads, the uglies of your business. And it's to be honest with yourself, where do you need help? Where do you need to prioritize more time? If you haven't done this, if you haven't organized your project in a way like this, I highly recommend you do it. Um, it could really, really change how you perceive your music and how you approach tackling your music. Highly recommend it. Now, it could also show you where you might want to consider outsourcing certain things that you do. You know, Ken, something you and I talked about before we started the podcast, Ken and I, we always have our, our business meeting. Hey, you know, again, what's working? What's not? What do we need to change? What, what do we need to pursue more of and maybe ditch? And you know, we got thinking like, you know, you and I, we run Metal Mastermind, but we also have our own music. Uh, you know, I play live gigs. You also teach at the uh, at the university there. So we have a lot going on. It's like we got to thinking or or just us two really enough to run it. And, you know, we are talking about possibly bringing someone on, hiring someone to handle some of the marketing, like the, the Facebook advertising, YouTube advertising, that sort of thing. Um you know, so we're we're contemplating that because it's like we're where are our weaknesses at? And that's one of them. So you have to, like you said, Ken, you have to recognize and be honest with yourself about your weak points. Uh, me, I know I'm probably not the best person to mix my album. I can mix really good at to a certain point, but to get to that next pro level, uh, well, I'm, I need a little bit of help looking back at my first four albums. Yeah, they're great. I mean, they're, they're good. I'm proud of what I did. Right. 
Uh, I wouldn't do anything differently if I had to go back in time. But this next album, I want it to be that much better. And I don't want to be my own weakest link. So who do I go to? Well, I'm going to go to our mixing engineer and producer, Nick Z, who has, he's got a course out there on Metal Mastermind. If you guys, if you go to metalmastermind.com, by the way, you'll see all of our courses, but he's got Metal Producer Overlord. So uh, I'm going to go through the course, but I'm I'm thinking of actually hiring Nick to to do the mixing, definitely the mastering. So I'm going to be working with him. Um, you guys can stay tuned. We'll we'll be sharing some of that content out there on, on the Jason Stallworth channel and Metal Mastermind as well. But you know, again, it's a weak point. So if I feel like I don't have the skills to do that, and honestly, guys, I don't really want to get that deep into that, especially mastering. I I, I never never will I have the desire to master music. It's just not my thing. Uh, that's for someone who is an expert in that and who who enjoys that sort of work. I like writing. I like creating. I love performing. But when it comes to the finite details, that's kind of where my hangup is. So I need to realize that about myself and ask. You have to ask yourself the question: Is that something that you want to train yourself to get good on? Because if you start going down that path, that will take away time from the other things. Me and my advice to most people is to take what you're good at and double down on what you're great at, right? Get even better at those, right? And then you can hand the other stuff off to someone else. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, Because we want to feel like we can take control of everything. But if you do that, and I'm just speaking from experience, it's just going to take a long time. (laughs) It really is. It will take a long time. And, uh, you know, going back to to Nick, I mean, you know, you know me as an audio engineer and an audio instructor and all these things that I preach to my students. I also live by them as well. Now, as an audio engineer and instructor, yeah, I'm more interested in actually mixing my own record. But here's something that, you know, you could take away even from someone like me, which is I needed outside perspective on my mix. I was literally so swallowed up in what I was doing. It actually really helped to hear how somebody else would mix it for me to know what I wanted out of mix. So use your friends as a tool, as a resource, or hire somebody to, to, to participate in that for you. Even if it meant, um, you know, doing a portion of the mix, because my, my music is very complex. It's symphonic. It's cinematic. It's got all this stuff. And I'm trying to do this this format of music that I don't, I don't think is, is, is very common if anywhere I can find it. <laughs> and it's, it's not at it, all, dude. <laughs> it's very, it's very narrative and all this stuff. So I, I have a yeah. very specific vision for it and having someone like Nick, cause he's, he's part mixing engineer on my album. He went in and I said, okay, Mick, uh, Nick, you're, you're really good with <laughs> mixing like the core elements of metal. So can I get your take? Can I get your perspective on mixing the core band in Homeric? And then I'm just going to uh, mix around some of that and, you know, tweak a little bit here and there. But it's more like I want to mix the orchestral and the narrative cinematic elements around that because I know exactly how I want to execute that side of things. It was like, sure, no problem. So and then we had this sort of collaborative effort where we both kind of went back and forth on making this mix come to its position where it is right now, which I'm really proud of. And it wouldn't have happened if I didn't have Nick to do that. So I think it's very important that you, 
because we can get very much inside our own heads with certain things and to take a step back. You know, that's why we always say, you know, hire somebody else to do your mastering if you're mixing, because you don't want to master your own stuff. You're too biased. You don't have that out, you know, that outsider's perspective to say, you know, objectively, what does this need? And uh, you're missing that. And you're doing yourself a disservice by not having that. So if it matters to you, get outside perspective. It's super important. That's a great point. Yeah. Again, you don't want to be your own weakest link. And, you know, going back to like, I know a lot of you listening, probably most of you listening right now are not full-time musicians. I'd be interested to know how many of you are uh, or or how many of you own your own business. Uh, Cause it's kind of the same thing, you know, you're doing multiple things uh, within that business. And if, and if you're a musician uh, like myself, you know, you, you've got multiple sources, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost required these days, but uh, let's say you're working a full-time job, 40 hours a week, which a lot of you full-timers, especially if you're in, in the corporate environment where you're not working 40 hours, you're doing 50, 60 plus like I used to do. Right. But uh, I'd love to love to know how you manage your time. Uh, and I know that can be difficult because yeah, you want to, you want to play guitar, you want to write music and that sort of thing. This is where it comes down to, you've got your job, you've got your career, maybe you have a family too. So those are obvious priorities in your life. So you really have to look at everything else extra. And it's almost like you have to figure out what's the one thing outside of family and job that I really want to do with my life. Now, if you play music as a hobby, probably not such a big deal. You just practice when you can, not a big deal. But if you've got that strong desire to really do something with your music and go further with it or become a a mixing engineer or become a music producer, then I believe you really have to audit your time carefully outside of work and family and really nail down the things that you're doing that are not serving you. That's going to push you forward in the area of music and really ditch most of those things or greatly reduce the amount of time you spend on them. Like if you're, if you're a gamer, for example, I don't know if you're, how many of you are gamers, but I've met a lot of guitar players. they, They love video games. Well, if you have the job and the family and that's priority or even just the job, sometimes you work a lot of hours, uh, but you really want to pursue your music. Well, that might mean you had to ditch gaming or greatly reduce and replace gaming with, I don't know, golf or whatever else you do. I'm not saying you can't live a life of like just work all the time. Right. And you can't do things you really want to do. But, well, if you really want to do music and that's the thing, well, it has to become a very obvious priority in your life. So, uh, you know, a good friend of mine told me that you have time, what you make time for. And that's always resonated with me when I feel like I don't have time. It's like, well, then I damn better sure make the time to do it. (laughs) So you just have to, you have to think of it in terms of like, what do I really want to do with my life? Yeah, man. I'm, and I, I, I relate so hard to gaming because when I was a kid, that was all I wanted to do. It was actually Zelda, to the point dude, where, Zelda. dude, I, dude, if you want to hear my story one more time, I will tell it to you. <laughs> okay, we sixth might as grade. well because we're all here, man. Sixth grade, man. I was like, let's let's make a Zelda game, and it was a fan fiction, mm-hmm. of course. You know, I was just making my own story out of it, and I wrote like freaking a sixty-page manuscript in sixth grade on my idea, and it wasn't even complete yet. I was just like fumbling with like some some thoughts and i was like writing a story and all this kind of stuff so um i took that idea 
And when I was in middle school, I actually made like a 30 minute playable demo of what my game was supposed to be on a, on a program called RPG maker XP back when we had windows XP. Um, and yeah, from that point, I was like, it would be kind of cool if, if I had my own music in it. Right. And that's where I started to go down the rabbit hole of making my own music and transcribing Zelda music. And I was so immersed with that world by the time I got to high school, which all this time, by the way, I was a visual artist. I was always drawing. I was always making like creations. And I went to high school, uh, an arts high school that had music and art and performing arts. And that was my major. I was an art major. So I went there thinking, I was like, I'm going to do this because I want to be a video game designer. I want to create concept art. I want to create characters, you know, story landscapes, all this kind of stuff. And in the middle of my high school career, this band called, I mean, this game called Rock Band (laughs) came out and it made me want to play drums and it changed my life forever, you know? So all this time, you're, you're speaking to a guy who's, foundation in everything in his creativity is video games i don't play a lot of video games nowadays i really don't have time for them because and i i I absolutely like want to play them too but i always find another thing that i can do with my time than playing just a video game i really the only times i ever play video games are like every now and then with my brother and sister and we play this online game called dead by daylight which is like a really fun like horror game it's like a you know cooperative sort of thing and it's easy replayability so i don't really have to like devote a lot of time to it it's like okay let's play a match you know type of thing um but you know there's other games out there like the new zelda game that came out which i don't have the system for it you know it requires a nintendo switch and the new Zelda game, I see people devoting like hundreds of hours to it. And I'm like, yeah, that game, you could definitely do that. But I just don't have the time to do something like that. And there are so many things that I want to play and they just require so much time for me to really get into it that it's like, I could totally be doing something. I could be working on my music. I could be working on my biz. I could be working on something that I I really want to push the needle forward on. And when you choose to spend time on something like video games, I find it that I enjoy video games so much more now because I don't play them all the time that Mm -hmm. it really feels like I'm rewarding myself with a way to just decompress. And it's like, I'm choosing right now to spend my time with fun and not really think about anything business related. But if you kind of overstimulate your mind with playing games all the time, uh, it, it, I think it kills a lot of drive because now you're always thinking about, oh, I have to make my video game you know, achievement here uh, happen by this weekend because, I don't know, this event is like only a limited time event, so I got to make that happen, whatever. Whatever that situation may be, you know, I think it it serves you to to step away from a lot of dopamine inducing events like video games because then you're overdriving your senses and you're not able to actually create value because you're 
numbing yourself. You're numbing yourself to, to, to doing something that can be done on any whim, you know? Um, and there's no real life reward for that. You're, you're playing a video game, you know, it's like, okay, you, you got a, you got a million dollars. <laughs> this was actually funny. I talked to, uh, uh, my fiance, Elizabeth, and I said, you know, wow. I said, I got a pretty decent amount of cash in this game. She goes like, is that real cash? And I said, no, she says like, then I don't care. <laughs> I was like, cool sword. I said, it, right? you're, you're, you're right. Uh, maybe I should turn this off now. <laughs> That's a very good point, you know, and, and again, guys, it's all about allocating your time, and you know, we're certainly not preaching against video games. Uh, I haven't touched a video game, and I, I couldn't tell you how long it's been years. I, in, in my uh, junior college days, this is back in like the very early 90s, uh, probably 93, 94, is playing Mortal Kombat all the time. And of course, I had okay. the old school. I'm, I'm a bit older, so I had the old school Nintendo. I remember playing on the Atari and this system called Odyssey 2. This oh, is when yeah. they had square balls. Um, but yeah, when the new Nintendo came out, the first generation Nintendo, you know, you had to put the cartridge in, uh, blow it if it didn't work, then you had to put it in again, then pull it out just a little bit, then press it down. And sometimes it worked, you know, that was just kind of the trick, but you know, ABB, right, left, hold down, whatever. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it was, it was cool. I had a lot of fun, a lot of fun, but of course, you know, I was a kid then. So you, you've got what's seemingly like limitless time as a kid. I was playing guitar all the time, but I play a lot of video games too. As an adult, when you're working and you got, you know, those freaking adult responsibilities, <laughs> it becomes, it becomes a more of a choice on what do you really want to do? Now, if you're happy with your job and you're happy just playing your instrument, you know, 30 minutes on Saturday or something like that. And Hey, play as much video games as you want. If that's the life you want, but if you're wanting to do something more with your life and we're not saying you should or shouldn't, Hey, it's your choice, man. There's no right or wrong answer to, to any of this, but I know, and Ken, you know, a lot of you listening right now, you do want to do something a little bit more with your music you know and again some of you maybe it's not so much starting a band maybe it's not so much even you know releasing a record maybe it's you want to get into the mixing part and the production part you know a lot of people have a lot of fun with that man you know you're mixing someone else's record uh you have to allocate your time appropriately and you have to determine what's more important you know is this game or is this round of golf that i'm playing twice a week or or whatever you do right uh, is that more important than this goal that I have? And I think once you get to a certain level of achievement with that goal, sometimes you can back off of that just a little. You don't want to back off too much, but you can allocate some more free time if you want, unless you're wanting to get to that next level above that, you know, and so right. forth. But I'm all about having a good time. You can, you know, you and I, we, we both love some craft beer, man. You know, I, you know, sometimes if I don't have a gig on a Sunday, I might sit in the pool and I'll, I'll read, I'm multitasking, I'm reading and having a couple of craft beers. And, uh, I usually make work out of it because the stuff I read is uh, oftentimes geared towards marketing and, and, you know, and just developing yourself. And, and then I might decide to go live on YouTube. Like I did this last Sunday. I'm like, I'm going to finish the the evening of craft beers and play some guitar. So I, I always end up making it work anyway. <laughs> you know, it's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, you can do so. I, I like to relax, too. You know, Ken, you and I were talking about we, um, you know, we work hard, but we also we also desire that free time to do other things, too. So you just got to balance. You got you got to figure out what's more important and really look at the things that are not serving you. Look at the things that are just like 
just straight up time wasters. And you either had to get rid of them all together or greatly reduce them and then, you know, figure out what is working for you or what you really want to do and what you need to do to get that working for you and double down on that stuff, man. It's just so much more fulfilling. Yeah. The great sacrifice. Yeah. That could be a metal <laughs> album, dude. The great sacrifice. So. Great sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, it's true, man. And, and in words of wisdom, man, because that, that really, it lends itself to anything in life. Um, not just music, you know, so um, it, it goes some, across the board. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, and we've talked about this too many times, uh, the people around you, sometimes they're not serving you either. Uh, so you gotta, you gotta prioritize your time and space, you yeah. know, and you know, the more efficient you are with that, um, you know, you can achieve certain things in life. Uh, but yeah, if, if, it depends where you're at and what you want out of life. If you, if you absolutely want to prioritize, you know, a simpler uh, life where you can enjoy uh, the, the recreations of life and develop a family and stuff like that. That's not a bad route. That's a good life. It's that's a really good nice. life. Um, you know, I understand some people have ambitions sometimes, we are clouded by our own ambitions. Sometimes our ambitions are no good for us too. Let's just be honest. Yes. It can be a toxic thing for you. If you are not treating that with the amount of respect that it truly deserves, um, the hustle mentality, it's not for everybody. You know, um, it's, it's really toxic for a lot of people. It was toxic for me too. It gets you into a spiral of feeling like a failure if you're not doing certain things every day. You know, so you uh, you have to figure out why you're doing what you're doing first and then deciding what you're willing to give up in order to achieve certain goals. Um, because if you want to create uh, music or you want to create something that you feel is your legacy, that's going to that's going to devote a lot, a lot. And the music industry is not an easy thing to make um, make yourself out of. You have to really consider that if you want to make something serious that people recognize, there are people that go their entire lives and don't get married doing the music industry because that's how much they really want to devote their time to the music industry. So guess what? That's your competition. <laughs> There's always somebody you know? working harder, man. There's always, There's always you know, somebody where... working harder, man. <laughs> you have to really be real with yourself. You got to say, Hey yeah. man, this guy, you know, it, you know, you, why are you going to try and compete yourself as the best guitar player in the world? It's yeah. like that. I mean, go ahead, but man, good luck. <laughs> it's going to be a rough road because that, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a very dangerous trap to get caught up in as well. I mean, you do need to put in the effort, but you know, you, any one of you listening to this right now could say, Jason, you got to check out this guitar player. I just heard the best in the world. And I'll say, Give me just about 10 seconds and I'll scroll down and find a 11 year old girl on the other side of the world that blows that person away. And then the same with that person. And it just, it's a, it's a downward spiral and it's not to say you shouldn't practice to get good, put in the time, but you know, kind of going off on a, on a different little tangent here, but what you should practice most is being authentic Yes. because the last thing we need is another guitar player that can ultra shred just like the other shredder guitar player you just heard and then we've got just more of the same 
be authentic, come up with your own stuff, you know, shred. I, I love to shred. You guys know that, but be authentic, be original. Don't try to be like someone else. Or I would even go as far as say, don't try to outdo someone else because music is extremely subjective. You know, you may be able to shred up and down the neck, but the producer in the other room that's looking at you may choose the guitar player that has more of the feeling solos over you because that solo might resonate with that song or that audience better. Right. So I'm not saying that is always the truth, but just know that I, I, I don't feel like music is a competition at all. You know, uh, I don't, I don't really get too impressed with people that can do fancy stuff on guitar or, or anything. Really. I'm more impressed with the song. Does that song yeah. resonate with you? You look, you can put the best vocalist in the world, whoever that may be. Again, very subjective, right? Best drummer, best guitar player, best everything. But if they can't make beautiful music together, then yeah, it's just, it's just, hey, look what I can do. I always give that, I used to give that analogy of Stuart Mad TV. He would, nobody's paying attention to him. So he would like fall down or whatever. And look what I can do, you know? And that's why I feel like sometimes uh, I feel like everybody's putting this stuff out there and it's just like, look what I can do. And I, you know, I don't know if, if well, and if people are struggling with how to create their own sound, that's what Metal Mastermind is here. That's for. why we're here, man. <laughs> that's why we created what we did because we were frustrated yeah. with what people were doing. It honestly yeah. was a, it, it's a retaliation method, <laughs> to be honest. Right? It's we it saw really a lot of crap in the industry. We're like, we could do something about this, and yeah. that's why we still do what we do because we believe in that mission of providing better music for the world. So, you know, utilize it. It's a resource for you. That's why we're here. If you're listening to this podcast up until this point, it's because you you're serious about this stuff. So utilize the tools that we're giving you. Um, go to metalmastermind.com and find the one that fits your need. There's everything from guitar to theory to studio design to vocals to mixing we got a whole bunch of stuff and that's going to help you move the needle forward so if you're stuck and you don't know exactly how you can improve i urge you just to do a little bit of research into what we're doing and i think you'll find they're very genuine ways on how to improve what you have going on and not to change what you're doing but to improve what you're doing yeah, our job is is, is really simple. It, it's to help you create your own sound and help you further develop that own sound. And just you, you've got the creativity in you. You, you know, just the fact that you're listening to this podcast, the fact that you play an instrument or sing, or write music, or produce, or, or mix, or any of that. You know, you've got the talent within you. All we do at Metal Mastermind is is we just we keep feeding that talent and let it grow, allow that to grow. So. Uh, guys, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. We enjoyed having you. Uh, again, head over to metalmastermind.com. Check out the courses, all the good stuff we have for you. And hey, do us a favor and share this episode. If this episode helped you, uh, please share it. Make sure you're subscribed uh, to our podcast on whatever platform you're on. And um, we do this every week, every Tuesday morning. So guys, as always, create your own sound.